0: Behind for his church, some last words. Uh, And in the church we commonly refer to it as the Great Commission. Many of you know it's Matthew 28, uh, right at the end of the chapter, where Jesus says, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded to you. And behold, I'm with you always, to the end of the age. Now, there's a number of spiritual principles that are wrapped up in that Great Commission that I'm I'm not going to get into today because we already kind of dealt with that earlier in the year. But I want to highlight something. I want to highlight the mission that Jesus gave to us as his church, that it has multiple ways that it's expressed through his followers. Meaning, if we're in unity and hold on to those agreed basics of the foundational theological pieces of this verse, these verses, there are multiple creative ways to go about making disciples, teaching people, inviting people to follow Jesus. All those things as we invite people to follow the risen King. Um, It's been a while since we had a Sunday where we refreshed ourselves in the area of who we are uh, and what our mission and what our purpose together is as Gateway Church. And September, it feels like a good time uh, to do this as we're back together and as we all feel this morning that the switch has been flipped to fall. Uh, And if you're our guests here this morning, Uh, Welcome again, but chances are you checked us out on our website before you even got here to see whether or not this place and us as a people resonated with with who you are. And that's normal. It seems to be the normal way that people find their way uh, to church these days and check out where a home might be for them. So this morning for you, I'm going to be essentially trying to answer part of the question that you probably have. Who are we as Gateway Church? Who are we? Um, I'm also going to remind those of us who call this place their home, who call Gateway their home, about the other side of the same coin. Not who are we, but who we are. Ah, that's a little turn of phrase there. Cricket, cricket, cricket out there. So what are some of the what are some of the core things that actually define us as Gateway Church and explain why we exist? So let's start. Um, as I often do, sometimes this can be depressing for us as pastors. Uh, when it comes to stating our vision statement that Gateway has and asking people, how many remember what our actual official Gateway vision statement is, right? Um, I want us to just try, all right? So it starts with Gateway exists to spread a passion for the glory of God through who? Jesus Christ to every nation. Hey, you guys are great. Wow. It's it's sunk in over the years. That's wonderful. That's great. You know, it's a really, it's a big vision. (laughs) But you know, I bet you, some of you saw it on the front of your bulletin, right? <laughs> Again, my shoulders droop, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a big vision. Uh, it, it, in fact, it explains what we will be doing together with Christ until He returns as His church. Uh, as a practical way to remind us, actually, in the coming weeks, you'll actually find our vision statement added to another wall in our building. Uh, Not just in our foyer where it says, every nation, every generation for the glory of God. Uh, And the first one to come to me after they've seen it wins a prize and tells me where it is. Uh, Those of you who know where it's going, there are no points for you. (laughs) So to briefly unpack our, our vision. When the Lord causes us to be born again, and when he fills us with his Holy Spirit, the result is a passion for God and a passion for his glory. His glory is all the things that make up who he is. And that zeal grows within us to spread out and to spread that glory through Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Because we want everyone to taste and see that Jesus Christ is good and is absolutely worth giving up our lives to follow him. That passion grows in our hearts and in our minds as we see the Lord acting around us and we experience his love, his mercy, and his grace. We, we don't simply just know about Jesus. We actually know Jesus. The awesome satisfaction of Jesus filling our lives with more of himself actually causes us to want to share that with everybody around us. We want them to feel and experience and know the same Jesus, the same things that we're walking through. We can't help but spread that joy around. If if you have a reality of the risen Savior in your life, like we walked through this morning in communion, there's something inside of you that just can't help but share, can't help but uh, be ignited to invite other people to do the same. Um, it's it's the way that we go. It's the way where our passion level In one sense, I guess I could ask it this way. Where's your passion level at for spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to every nation and every generation? Maybe if we narrow that down a little bit, where's that passion level at in your own life and in the people that are in your own life that you just lifted up before the Lord today in prayer? You know, For each one of us, the answer to that question is going to be different. How it's worked out in our individual lives, as and even as a local church, it's going to be unique to some degree. Um, For example, Norm mentioned from the front today. You know, we're one church in two locations. Um, We have a common vision together uh, with our Panett Road congregation, but the seed of that vision statement. Uh, it, it gets planted in each of those locations, and it grows up to look and become slightly different in both of those places, as it's cared for, and as it's watered, and as it's grown. Like the way that we care for one another, or the way that we grow together, or reach our neighborhoods, looks slightly different from congregation to congregation. Um, As an aside, if you're new to Gateway and you've never taken our Foundations course, I want to encourage you to actually sign up for that when we start advertising next. It's coming up this fall, I believe. Uh, It's a day and a half seminar where we simply go into Gateway's story, our vision, our values, the core commitments that we have that are behind uh, our vision statement. Uh, And it's a great way uh, for you to get to know us as pastors uh, and to help you decide whether Gateway is meant to be your church home. This is a place that you want to settle down in and do life uh, within the body of Christ. Um, But today, I want to actually share with you one of the ways that our church's vision, that vision statement, has helped to clarify our identity as a church. Uh, Of course, as you, as individual believers, you have an an identity in Jesus Christ that's meant uh, to define you, but it also helps you to fit into the body of Christ um, with your unique giftings and things like that. But similarly, the church and churches all over the globe have identities too. And they work, and Jesus works, to fit those things into the big C church uh, of which Jesus Christ is the head. Sometimes churches are known for particular things in their community, uh, like say a food bank uh, that they run. Uh, I know at Panat Road they've run a food bank there for almost uh, for nearly thirty years, uh, or perhaps something overt like uh, a Sunday morning television program. Mark Hughes, he's a good friend of ours as a, as a pa- pastoral staff, but people know in Winnipeg there's Church of the Rock on on Sunday mornings. Uh, Lots of people watch that at home. There's people uh, that we know that have been saved, that have come to Jesus because that's on the air. Or perhaps there's a a drop-in center at a particular local church uh, or a ministry that's to single moms. Whatever it is, um, churches, big and small, tend to get known for different things. Whatever that may be, it's usually birthed out of what a people feels God calling them to as a church, reaching out to their communities with the love of Jesus, and inviting others to follow him too at Gateway, I was thinking about this yesterday we 've got a lot of different ministries across both of our campuses there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, they're not independent entities, just kind of doing whatever they want, but each ministry is actually meant to flow from not only our vision, but the thing we believe we're actually called to be. And that's what I want to explain today regarding who we are. Uh, A while back, I think Ron McLean was here, and he touched on this identity, and I want to reinforce it today. Uh, I wonder if if you can fill in this statement. Uh, There's two words that describe us, and it begins with an A, and the second word begins with a C. Gateway is an apostolic center. Wow, I heard it out there. That's great. It's true. That's part of what defines us and part of what our identity is as a church. I'll get into what an apostolic center is, but first, I want to bring some biblical context to this. Most of us have heard the word apostle. It brings to mind um, things like the early church, or those who helped build it like Jesus' disciples, or the, obviously like the Apostle Paul. Um, we, we've heard it in some way, shape, or form. But in the very broadest sense, uh, the meaning of the, of the Greek word uh, apostolo, apostolo extends uh, to mean... Oh, yes, I need to reverse what I just said. The verb... Apostello means to send out. When you, pl- when you place that on a person, it simply means the sent ones. Meaning each of us, you and I here, have been commissioned and sent by Jesus into the world to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're each part of the great commission that I just spoke of this morning. Um, none of us is exempt from it as followers. After his death and resurrection, Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. That's all of us. It wasn't just his disciples. Flash forward to now, that's us, his church. And we see the word apostolo here again to describe people being sent on a specific mission for the gospel. In one sense, any apostolic Mission or venture will have a goal or a mission component to it. It'll have a sender and a sent one. What do I mean by that? Well, with the early church disciples, we've got Jesus who was the sender, you've got Him sending His disciples, and they're going out on the mission that He's given to them. In our context at Gateway, in partnership with Jesus, um, us as a church, we get to act with Jesus by his Holy Spirit as the sender that then releases and sends people out to accomplish a particular mission. Um, this isn't just people like Norm mentioned, like our global workers like Roly and Christina or in West Africa or say uh, the Newfelds, or the stories in, in Romania, about 10 other people uh, and partners that we, that we partner with globally. Um, this also means that we want to be a place that trains and equips You, you to be sent ones. People who are sent into your various spheres of influence to share the life of Jesus with the people that are right in front of you. That is part of our mission, and none of us is exempt from it. I think this is where it's helpful to contrast the church with or this apostolic way of doing church with a, a common way we see the church that people can have as we just kind of walk out and do church together. Uh, it's the difference between a pastorally focused church and an apostolically focused church. Um, in a pastoral church, it'll come up there in a sec, you tend to see that it's nurturing versus an apostolic church, the goal being equipping people. Um, The next is gathering. You're gathering people together. But in an apostolic church, it's focused on sending. Now, it's not that um, those things don't happen in an apostolic center. uh, But it's kind of the pastorally focused church tends to be a safe environment to gather and nurture people versus doing that but also equipping those saints for the harvest. That you're not just there to gather together, and to receive care and relationship together. You're also there to be sent out. Um, it can tend to lead, uh, in, if you swing the pendulum too far one way, to maintenance, where everybody, are, is everybody doing all right? Is everybody satisfied? It's kind of like the shepherd, you know, coming around the sheep and just making sure all the relationships are good and things like that, uh, whereas the other one is expansion meaning you're always looking at how, how are we being sent out, how, is, how are things growing, how are our ministries multiplying. The other, uh, pastorally, tends to have more of a local impact, which is fine, uh, what God's saying in that particular place. Um, but an apostolic center tends to impact a city. It partners with other churches that are also impacting the city. It's not just our four walls and our community. It's actually partnering together and seeing ourselves as part of the church of Winnipeg, Did you know that? Gateway is part of the church of Winnipeg. Do you really understand that? It's not just, oh yeah, I came here to church this morning and these are my people. No, actually, we're part of the church of Winnipeg. That's what we're really a part of. Um, And the last one is, it tends to be pastors that are working with an eldership in that local place. Whereas in what we're talking about and what people who've been around for a while understand uh, is we've got an apostolic kind of leader who's working with elderships in their local congregations uh, and using Ephesians 4 gifts. I'll talk about that later if you don't know what that means. Using Ephesians 4 gifts to bring the body up to maturity and embracing all those things. There's nothing necessarily wrong with doing things either way. Uh, However, that pastorally focused church tends to have the end goal of being satisfied and making sure that, and it stops as people are just growing healthy spiritual lives and relationships. We can all just kind of be happy doing church together. An apostolic center values those things too, but the end goal isn't simply healthy disciples who work well together, (laughs) The end goal is to see people cared for, equipped, trained, and sent out with the gospel and become disciples who are passionate at advancing and multiplying the kingdom of God in everything that they do, especially seeing others come to faith in Jesus Christ as they share their faith. I mean, do you, I hope you can see the, the shift in perspective. It's not only about me and my growth. It's about having the default motivation and recognition that the goal of our life in church together is eventually meant to launch us out. It's meant to launch us out, seeing the church as something that is constantly growing, expanding, and multiplying. That does not mean that every church needs to be a mega church. Please hear that. That's not what I'm saying here, that all of a sudden every church needs to grow to 10,000 people. If that's what happened, well then there we go. But that's not what I'm saying. It means an apostolic center is a people, no matter their size, that recognize their call as sent ones. And they're ready to respond, support, and cheer one another on in that pursuit. It's actually putting feet It's putting feet into and action to what Jesus said to his Father in heaven. Remember I said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you? Well, Jesus said something before that. He said, as you, Lord, have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So Jesus, part of the Trinity of the Godhead, is sent. Then he sends us. We have a sending God. We have a multiplying, expanding, growing God. That's his heart. Here's why I think it's important to clarify something that can actually get easily misunderstood at Gateway. And I think it's important as pastors for us to keep reinforcing what we mean when we say we're an apostolic center. And here's what it is, and it is not. I don't know if you caught what I just said a little while before, but I said an apostolic center is a people. That's really important for us to understand. An apostolic center is not a place, a location, or even a specific congregation. It's not the Biggest congregation within a multi-church campus. Uh, we're not building an apostolic center in West St. Paul, the building. We're not building that out there on the north perimeter. It's easy for us at South Osborne, or even the folks at Panit Road, to mistakenly think that our Panit location is the apostolic center. It's real easy for us to dump into or flip into that kind of thinking. I'll say it as clearly as I can. Hopefully it sticks. Gateway Church, Gateway Church, its people, both congregations and whatever congregations the Lord permits us to plant in years to come, together is an apostolic center. It's the people, not the place. Gateway Church together is the sending base. We send out. Obviously, does that make sense? There's a few nods out there. I hope that makes sense. Obviously, we don't do everything together across our campuses. There are things that we do better separately and things that we do better together. However, even though somebody like Rolly and Christina, uh, who see the South Osborne campus as their home church, they see us as their local place uh, when they 're here in Winnipeg um, that we 've and but together as Gateway church we 've sent them out to West africa it 's not just us here at South Osborne, um, like our other global workers when we join together in our support or and we pray for them at our Panit and our South Osborne prayer summits uh, People even at Panett Road may not have much connection or relationship with roly and Christina, but they love them as our workers. And they see both our campuses as partnering to send them on a mission. That translates to us as individuals in the various ministries that we have as well. I hope you're, you're seeing this. But Aaron, isn't it true in the early church that the church in Antioch was seen as one of those central hubs of activity for sending people? Yep, it's true. But I also think it's true that wherever significant apostolic leaders make their home base, that particular church or that congregation will often have the main motivation or the main inertia that helps propel things along. I think it's natural. In our case, Ron McLean has been the apostolic Team leader of Gateway uh, as well as uh, he has been the day-to-day team leader at Panat Road. There's two different kind of things going on there. One is he leads over all and puts direction into all with his teams, but then he's for years he was also the leader, the main day-to-day pastoral leader at our Panat campus. But over the years, over the years that's changed and shifted. Uh, where Ron's actually let go of a number of his local responsibilities so that he can actually shift and turn to invest uh, in our local, our, both our local congregations uh, and our salt and light group of family of churches that are in the central region of North America. Um, while Ron might, might only preach here once or twice, maybe three times a year, the way his schedule works out, uh, That's sometimes, that's why I wanted to say this, is because sometimes people think, well, well, we never see the guy. We see his picture in the bulletin with Mary on the back of it, but we never actually physically see him here. Well, he comes here once in a while, so sorry if you've missed him. Um, but behind the scenes is where he makes his most valuable investment. He invests in our pastoral leadership teams, our ministry leadership teams, and helps each one of our campuses and our other salt and light churches in the area to grow and to flourish. That's a little bit of how we're kind of made up and how we're organized. Maybe that's new to you. Maybe you never understood that's that's how they they work it here. So if an apostolic center is a people that God's joined together to work alongside each other, to give, to serve, to, to grow, to send, and to even go themselves... Uh, There's a few things from the book of Acts uh, that I want to outline that show uh, what an apostolic center does together uh, as they're led by an apostolic team and its elders. So, oh, wait a second, I just said something. (laughs) Aaron, what's that mean, an apostolic team? Uh, What I mean is a leadership team that's either made up of or drafts in help from the various leadership gifts that Jesus has given to the church to help it grow to maturity. See, at Gateway, we believe that all five ministry leadership gifts are in operation in the church today. And that's found in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. I'll, I'll put it up there just as a, a reminder to us. It says, "...and he, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry." for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's a mouthful. That's a whole group of sermons right there. But if you just lightly read that, how many of you think that the church has come to maturity? Anybody? Yeah, I'm glad you didn't raise your hand. <laughs> it's not a trick question. We all know, uh, because I'm here, <laughs> that the church has not grown to maturity yet. Uh, and we believe that that these gifts, along with other gifts that God's given to his church, are meant to help it grow. Uh, and specifically, these particular gifts are meant to strengthen it and to build it. So if you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. Yes, we are I've been in the Word, but you can actually get into the Word with me if uh, you've got your device or your Bible with you. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. The whole uh, verse won't, verses uh, won't come up there on the screen. These leadership gifts that I just talked about in Ephesians, they work to mobilize and train the church and the fruit of, those, of that leadership, the fruit of those gifts in operation in a congregation is evidenced as we read some of these passages. We're not going to do in-depth studies in them, but I want to highlight for you quickly the things that we see that make up an apostolic people. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to what? with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. A very famous passage of scripture when we take a, a snapshot of what the early church looked like. Some of the things that I want to draw out of there just quickly. We see a commitment to prayer, doctrine, and fellowship together. There's a supernatural component of what's going on. There's miracles and things happening. It's a community that's developing, a family. They're caring for the needy people that are around them. There's joy and generosity. And they see new growth, people being added to them day by day, new salvations. Right? Those are characteristics of an apostolic people. Acts chapter 4 is another one. Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 32. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of these things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. This morning, I am not going to stand here and call everybody to go sell their houses and give it to the church. Some, that's, that's how some communities will read that. But that's not what I'm going to say here this morning. What I want to highlight out of this is there was unity. There was resurrection power, grace, generosity, generosity of heart. What does it take for somebody to go, yep, this was all mine, but because what Jesus has done to me and how I want to be a part of this community, I'm going to sell everything, and I'm actually going to bring it so that we can all do life together. That's radical. It's totally radical. And people's needs were met. Those are some of the characteristics of what it looks like to be an apostolic people. And then a little further in Acts, in chapter 13, starting in verse 1, it says, Now there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch. So these are some of the leaders that were there. And Saul, uh, Paul. While they were worshipping... The Lord, in fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I've called them. And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them, and they what? They sent them off. Yeah. Here's what I want you to see in this snapshot of church life. You see apostolic leaders, those Ephesians 4 gifts, being used Amongst the church. The Holy Spirit is the one that's in charge. Church, remember that. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's the one who is, is doing the directing and calling those people out for who's going to be sent. There's plurality, meaning it's a team ministry. It's not one man ministry. It's not just the one guy, you know, in the TV ministry standing up on a Sunday morning. It, it's, it's a whole group of people coming together. There's a community and a spiritual family that's being cared for by its eldership. And while we don't necessarily see it right in these verses, we see it in chapters 16, 18, and 20, there's an advancement of the kingdom of God, meaning they're planting new communities. A church grows up in Philippi, another one in Corinth, another one in Ephesus. Those are also things that are evidences of an apostolic people. Is there growth, is there expansion outward? So how does this translate to gateway and how it expresses its own outward call to spread a passion for the glory of God through Jesus Christ to every nation and every generation? Here's a few things. I want to put it up on a slide which some of you may have seen before. I'm not going to turn around because otherwise I'll get a little bit more feedback. Oh, there you go. This is a, bit, a better pictorial of what I've been talking about this morning. Gateway Church is the apostolic center. Both our campuses and anybody else who joins in there in the future. Giving, growing, sending, going. All those different spheres that it's connected to. Uh, educational sphere. We've got the King's School, the largest ministry of Gateway Church. Uh, we've got about 270 kids Uh, Actual bodies that are there a little bit more, depending on how you calculate things. But about 270-75 kids plus 40 teachers uh, and staff. I think 48 total staff includes all the teachers. Uh, There's our Ironwood School of Ministry, uh, where we've done internships and offered courses. Uh, There's the sphere of of family, uh, which we've got Harold and Wendy here this morning. They're part of Forever Families and helped uh, to uh, spur something on in us as, as a congregation and across Gateway uh, for having a heart for adoption and for foster care and kids who are, are waiting for families. Uh, by the way, as a plug, we've got the Belong Summit that's coming up uh, in, uh, in uh, October, which I think it's what is it, the 20th? 20, 20th and the 21st. is a Friday, Saturday coming up. It'll be fabulous. We're actually hosting it up at our Panette Road location. Uh, We've done Bethlehem Live for years. That's a a large thing that goes into media and arts. Um, The spiritual side of things. We've got yeah prayer, gospel, uh, missions, but we've got a 24-7 prayer furnace. It's one of the only actual 24-7 prayer movements in Canada. Uh, meaning that there's somebody every single hour of every single day of every single year for the last going into its 12th year. That's phenomenal. We've got our prayer summits because we believe it's the engine that helps to drive us as a church. Um, Social justice issues, meaning we're supposed to be getting into all these different areas of the world. Uh, Our food bank, like I mentioned, a daycare is on there because It's always been in our hearts to figure out how can we do that? How can we minister to our communities uh, and and see that happen? Uh, Politics. Yes, we can get involved in politics. Just last week, we had an opportunity to uh, sign a a letter uh, regarding support for Bill 34. If you don't know what that is, at the back, there's and you weren't here last Sunday, you can see that or talk to Kevin about that. But we've got political candidates that have run for office and one that's currently uh, sitting in the Manitoba Legislature. And in the business field, we work to encourage our marketplace leaders, that's what MPL means, marketplace leaders, uh, uh, to, to uh, be uh, the godly men and women that they are as they're sent out very practically in the world with their businesses uh, to build it according to kingdom principles and affect the people around them. You know, that has to do with sending, uh, serving other churches, sending out workers. It's all part and parcel with that that I hope That's really crystal clear. (laughs) I felt like we needed to just get reminded about this this morning. Um, I realized that everyone is on different stages of their journey. And sometimes we are not in any shape to be sent anywhere. (laughs) That's just the truth. We need time to heal and to grow, depending on the season of life that we find ourselves in. But we can't forget that that's not the end goal of any disciple. Uh, We certainly don't have to be perfect. um, And goodness knows at Gateway, we're certainly not perfect, and we've got our challenges, uh, even in trying to live that out. Um, But we're growing as an apostolic center. Uh, We have people coming in and people being sent out, people being trained and discipled, people finding Jesus, and perhaps... Uh, They're finding Jesus again, or maybe for the very first time. Next Sunday, as part of this coming and going of those Ephesians 4 gifts in and out of Gateway, we're going to have the blessing uh, of welcoming a wonderful apostolic leader within our salt and light family of churches in our international community. Uh, His name's Fraser Hardy. He's from New Zealand, Uh, from Dananda. And he uh, hasn't been here for about 10 years, uh, but we're looking forward to having him up here. He's going to be speaking to our leaders on a leaders day happening uh, this next weekend. Uh, and then he's going to be here on the Sunday to actually preach to us. And you will be blessed by Fraser. I think that's enough for us today, uh, just to get our heads around this idea of being an apostolic center. Uh, but what does that mean for you sitting here today? Maybe you're bored out of your tree by what I've been talking about, and it's like, yeah, 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 Aaron, I know all that stuff. Perhaps it's a perspective change. Maybe today simply unlocks something of your understanding about why we do things the way we do at Gateway Church, and that's helpful to you. Perhaps you're saying to yourself, yikes! Yikes! This church actually expects me to grow in my relationship with Jesus and actually live out my faith (laughs) and cheer one another's on to do the same. I don't know if I should be here. (laughs) Maybe that's you, but don't be scared. Folks, don't be scared. Just make the choice to grow. Make the choice to grow and join us for the journey. In the coming weeks, as I close, in the coming weeks, Norm is going to be introducing a new preaching series that will help to take this wide, big, expansive thing that I've unpacked for us today and bring it together into a more focused and practical way in the coming weeks. And I trust uh, that that will build us up as a body. It'll unify us around the things that we believe are important. Uh, and it will help us in growing as an apostolic people, building the church with who? Who are we building with? Jesus, absolutely. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this people here at South Osborne. Lord, I know as pastors, uh, we love the people that you have asked us to steward. Uh, Lord, we don't take that lightly. Lord, I pray that uh, as I've talked about these big ideas of who Gateway is, uh, that you would help to unify us as a people, just as we refresh ourselves about the things that are important to us, uh, as we continue to build your church and move forward. Lord, I pray this fall that you would continue to help each person find their place, that you would help each person grow in their capacity to listen to you and to obey And that, Lord, when you are the one who calls us in our own personal lives or as a church to go, we would be a faithful people to say yes and to support one another in doing that. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word this morning. Amen.